You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Farrell may be returning to the blockbuster movie world as a bloated, scarred-faced penguin in The Batman, where you can expect certain things, explosions, one-liners, supervillain cackling, typical blockbuster fare. And when Colin Farrell goes big, he chews it up, but he's also returning this week to his indie film life, where he shows his true skills as an actor. Films like The Lobster or even Saving Mr. Banks show Farrell's ability more than just the popcorn flicks. And here we have him in After Yang. And now this is an A24 movie based on a short story called Goodbye, Mr. Yang. But as it's an A24 movie, you can expect certain things. It'll be quiet, slow, beautifully filmed, and end in an odd, abrupt way that might have you Googling the analysis to explain the whole thing to you so you can have conversations afterwards with your friends and sound super intellectual. Right, guys? Well, I think TC has covered this, and there's no reason to say anything else. <laughs> I'm afraid to read my Google note, as it'll probably be one of yours as well. I think Coldano <laughs> might have tapped out on this and said, like, look, just let me into the Batman, and you can go do this quiet indie film that normally I'd be doing. <laughs> too true, too true. Well, after Yang, when his young daughter's beloved companion, an android named Yang, malfunctions, Jake played by Colin Farrell, searches for a way to repair him. In the process, Jake discovers the life that has been passing him by, reconnecting with his wife, played by Jodie Turner-Smith, and his daughter across a distance he didn't know was there. I am T.C. DeWitt of the Screener Squad, and I am joined by my fellow techno-sapiens, Ryan. Hello, hello. Bradley. Hello. And Bo. I am here, too. Now, as there are four of us... We are ready to enter the international family of four synchronized dance competition. Hell yeah. I get to be Harry Sure. There you go. <laughs> but before we do that, let's share our thoughts on After Yang. Well, I liked this. I'm just going to go right out and say it, that as far as A24 movies are concerned, I typically see A24 and think, okay, it's going to be like a weird pseudo horror thing, right? Never goes that way. This is a soft, quiet, sweet movie about the death of a family member. I agree. I just want to chip in there, too, that A24 doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have an existential crisis at the end because of something horrific. <laughs> Sometimes it can be because you don't realize the small moments of your life might be the most important. Yes. And all that time you wasted, all of it, it's gone. It's not coming back. <laughs> Oh God. oh, God. That's not an existential <laughs> crisis. That's my life. This is an A24 movie. <laughs> I think a number of reviewers might frame this as like, hey, what A24 does for horror, now it's going to do this to sci-fi. And I, I think that's a very simplistic take on this, and I, I don't think that's what this is. It is 
a very contemplative look into family life, and it's very realistically framed as a possible future. Mm -hmm. In fact, you, you might even say that everything that you're seeing in Blade Runner, this is the stuff that like normal people who aren't like replicant killers are experiencing right. <laughs> with their artificial life forms. Mm -hmm. Because what you get here is you get the character Yang, who is ostensibly brought in as a family member mm -hmm. to this mother and father and daughter. They have adopted a daughter from China, and so he is kind of a cultural conduit, if you will. The mother is Anglo-African. Colin Farrell is Farrell mm. ethnicity. <laughs> and Irish. They, they want her to maintain some kind of touchstone to the fact that she is Asian. Mm -hmm. And so they bring in Yang, who is pre-programmed with all of, in the movie, they call them Chinese fun facts. But they want him to be more than just Chinese fun facts. They want him to be this, as you say, conduit to her heritage and they very much treat him as a family member and become a little too reliant on him as Jake discovers after Yang breaks down. And now it's a matter of, well, my robot au pair is gone. I guess I got to figure this out and figure out how to keep my family going. I think that's a great way to frame it as far as like, because Yang is ostensibly a, a family member here. But yeah, he is performing in a lot of ways as an au pair. And you could have made this movie of, oh, well, our cousin lived with us as an au pair and she suddenly passed away. And now what the fuck do we right. do? And a great deal of this movie is dedicated to the what the fuck do we do part mm -hmm. above and beyond any kind of this movie has an android in it situation. Yeah. And I love smaller sci-fi movies, like more contemplative sci-fi movies like this that take kind of simpler premises that, like you said, Bo, it could be a traditional family drama, but it being sci-fi allows you to get these really beautiful little vignettes peering into the memories of Yang that are throughout the film. And it's, you're seeing a few seconds of his life and Jake is sort of going back and looking through his life and kind of reflecting on his own life as he sees it through this techno-sapien. And it's reminiscent of something like Her, which is also a similar sci-fi where it's the not-too-out-of-reach distant future. Like, it's right there. We're already on our way to capturing ourselves and our memories and our future like they do in this movie. And what Jake discovers in Yang after he breaks down is this memory chip that was made illegal in Technosapiens that is from a first-generation Technosapien, and he starts delving into what are the memories that Yang, as a Technosapien, felt it important to remember. And he gets to see glimpses of Yang's perspective of life and of Jake's family life. And then we also get to see how Jake remembers it versus how Yang remembers it. It's really brilliantly done, and the director who has only done one movie before, but is a video film essayist in his own Kogo right. Nada. I'm yes. probably saying his name's close, but Kogo Naga. Exactly. What we get is uh, those shots where we're getting perspective on top of perspective are incredible. The beauty of the camera work in this is astounding. Mm -hmm. Very rarely do I use the, the term mise-en-scene, but mise-en-scene, <laughs> baby! Mise-en-scene all over the place! It's almost like every frame is this perfect picture. It's very observational. It feels yeah. like the view you would get from your Alexa sitting on the end of a table and looking at the room before you. Yeah. We are separate from Jake and the family at times. Whole scenes will play out in the background. Yeah, it looks candid without... Somehow, this is always odd to me when directors and uh, director of photography is able to pull it off. 
it looks candid when we know it's impossible that it's candid because they're actors and they have marks. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was so impressed about as well. Yeah, and that just gave it this really beautiful sort of like low-key dreamlike quality that it had throughout. Even though it's a very somber film, it's also, it just felt calming to me in a lot of ways too. And I think you could have easily taken this in another direction that felt darker and Mm -hmm. was overtly moodier. And I think that this kind of takes a step back and it is just the calmer atmosphere was more powerful and played to the overall themes, I think, a lot better than it would have if they kind of beat you over the head with it a little bit more. Absolutely. If you gave this to an art house director or even someone like Terrence Malick, they would just shove it down your face. Reflect on your life. This is what memories are. It would be so much more heavy handed. Right. And this has a very gentle touch to it. Generally, when I, it comes to stuff like Malick, I'm like, well... There are people who like poetry, and there are people who like prose. Most movies are prosaic, and Malick is more of a poetic director. This has the texture of a poem, but it is prosaic enough that you're really following the storyline, and you're not feeling like you're you're just being compressed into this, like, you must appreciate the art of this box, mm-hmm. which is hard to pull off. A24 is certainly the studio to do it, and the, the director did, did a remarkable job. And it does something that I feel is far more realistic in films about death. It's so quiet. And there's a lot of sitting around and not talking when you're grieving. And though they are losing what is an electronic device, no, it's a family member. It is like the passing of someone who was a brother to their daughter, someone who was like a son and a friend to them. And when you lose someone, in reality, it's quiet. It's sad. It's muted. The world gets muted. And I think there's this great vector of Mika, the daughter, obviously feels the most for Yang's loss. And there's a vector of the two parents coming at it from different angles and then sort of coming together to the point that they're like, I miss him too. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think I would because a lot of the language used in the front part of the film is it's like, I hate... I bought him refurbished, but it was certified. I mean, he's talking about his MacBook and... He moves beyond that, especially as he realizes all that Yang has undertaken to raise his daughter. Yeah, and I really enjoyed how subtle and nuanced that is. Like, the trailer for this movie is probably going to be awful. Awful as in hard to market, because there isn't a character that jumps out that goes, No, I didn't lose a robot. I lost a brother or something. (laughs) (laughs) What's the word I'm thinking of? Yeah. (laughs) Sasharin? Sashreen, schmaltzy maybe nothing like that is in there he wasn't an empty robot he was a full heart or some nonsense like Mm. that it's he didn't have a hard drive he had a heart drive (laughs) (laughs) if you want something like that you can look to spielberg's ai which is very much the blockbuster equivalent of this movie this is the very small quiet art house a24 version of ai questioning humanity questioning memories questioning love and family and all that right because even then the technological advancement or not advancement in yang wasn't don't you see this means he could have had a soul now these people are like this is illegal this is very illegal you need to make sure yang doesn't have any of your secrets and i'm like oh that that's a cool angle Companies install malware into everything. Yeah. And I I, I think there is a great framework in this movie that they're just like, yeah, he's an AI. We know we're we're literally surrounded by AIs. And 
I found it interesting that they just very subtly just were like, oh, yeah, clones also exist. I don't like the neighbor's kids. They're clones. <laughs> very casual. Oh, that we did live in a world where we could clone Clifton Collins and have him in every movie. Oh, yes, please. Yes, <laughs> we do have a small appearance from Clifton Collins Jr. here. And it seemed like natural conversation. You know, like if you've ever been a bigot in your past, a listener, someone coming to you and be like, so Fred in accounting tells me you don't like clones. I was like, oh, oh. shit, this movie's about to get good. <laughs> so, yeah, very, very fun interactions between genuinely interesting characters because they're so genuinely human. Even Yang. Mm. Wow. Even Yang. There's a bit of a mystery angle in here about what's broke yang and what are these memories that jake is discovering as he delves deeper into it and it's i don't want to get too much into the weeds on that because it's a nice little journey that jake goes on that you get to explore the life of a thing that may or may not have a soul through his journey so i don't want to get too much further into that aspect of the film but there's a nice questioning of who was this this person that we lost which i think touches on what we have in our modern world now, when we lose somebody, we have Facebook, we have Instagram, we have Twitter, we have so much more memories that the person we lost have shared with us that we can go through and try to understand them looking through their social media. And I've said this before on reviews that delve into science fiction. I love science fiction that holds up a mirror and asks you to look at yourself without lasers, without aliens, without explosions. There's a place for that, sure. But the best sci-fi makes you question your humanity and your place in the world. And that's exactly what this does. And before I rattle off any more of my thoughts here, why don't we segue ourselves into some final thoughts? Ryan, why don't you go first for us? Yeah, I thought this, this was really, really good. I think grief really ties people together and ties families together. And I think it makes you question like what makes life special and what making an impact means. And I think that that's what this lead character, that's kind of the journey that he was going through. And I found it to be really powerful with at the same time, not being really like beat you over the head, like overt with it. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it and I would highly recommend it. And I hope that A24 does more low key kind of sci-fi movies like this in the future. I'm going to give it nine out of 10 families competing in what looked like a really fun dance competition. <laughs> That's how a family bonds. A family that dances together stays together. <laughs> Bo, take us away. I thought this was a really effective meditation on, on grief and, and, yeah, human nature, but, but definitely about the way that we, we process loss and come to terms with the vacuum that it leaves. I really, really adored how this movie looks and feels texturally. There are times where just images were, you know, giving me very deep-seated emotional responses. It's just beautifully done by Koganada. I really look forward to seeing more of his stuff. And yes, this while this is ostensibly a, a sci-fi movie, it, it does a great job of leaning into the, the technical aspects with, without making you feel that this is a technophobic movie or even a dystopian movie. It's, it's not about that at all. It, it's not about some big conspiracy. It, it's about a family. And I thought it was particularly well done. I give it eight and a half jailbroke smartphones out of ten. <laughs> Bradley. I also enjoyed this. And yes, I dance all the time with my family, <laughs> doing all those Encanto dances. But you wouldn't be able to tell if you saw me, since I'm a terrible dancer. 
I enjoy the subject of grief a lot. And one of my favorite little cinematic things to do now is watch Colin Farrell in films that nobody has seen before. It turns out he's a brilliant actor, and in times of quiet, he excels with the ponderous eyes that he has. So much wisdom and soul in those eyes. And uh, this is another perfect role for him. I also recommend The Lobster if nobody's seen that. Yes, yes. When a child is grieving, the hardest thing is to realize that they need to grieve. And that involves hurt, big feelings that sometimes some parents or some people who have a relationship with kids that are a parentage to them or a sibling haven't experienced before themselves. I was like in my late 20s before I experienced real grief. So, yeah, it's rough out there for a caregiver. And the conclusion this comes to is really good advice, again, without beating you over the head with it. Colin and Mika don't sit down together and they're like, so what have we learned about grief, everybody? You should probably talk about it together and not talk at each other apart. You know, nothing silly like that. So I'm going to give this one 8 out of 10 tea bags from China. <laughs> Dealing with death when there's a child in your life can be difficult, as Bradley just extrapolated upon. Death at any point in life can be difficult, but what comes from death is an exploration of life, and it's the life of the person you loved as well as your own. As I said, in a modern world, grieving has become such a different experience because so much of what the person has left behind with their technology is what they wanted to remember, not what we wanted to remember. They are giving us and leaving behind the memories that they chose. And if you've ever experienced loss, you know this quiet nature of coping. You're seeking answers and understanding where there may not be any. And you're trying to connect with others who have memories of the one that's gone and that's all we can do to find a path towards closure is to share the quiet with each other and share the moments that might seem insignificant. And wanting to hold on to the things that mean the most to you about someone and not sharing them is as equally important. This movie is soft and gentle in how it's filmed and acted and scored and edited. It's beautiful. It left me reflecting and weeping from a recent loss in my life. But it was a longing and grateful weep. These weren't tears of just complete existential crisis and sadness. There was comfort in being sad and experiencing loss. After Yang is kind and a sympathetic conversation about hearts that have been broken by loss. And I'm giving After Yang nine out of ten caterpillars at the end that we call butterflies. And there's not really any way to joke our way out of this review, so thank you all for listening. <laughs> Heart drive. Yay, I win. I win the review. 